God has chosen to love us regardless of where we've been and what we've done. Today, remember the sacrifice Jesus made for you so you could have eternal life. We're also remembering the amazing things God has done for us in and through Sagebrush this last year. Here are some of the highlights from 2022. Every year, we are more and more blown away by all of the work God does in just 365 days. Let's take a look over the last year. In January 2022, we asked you to step up and rise to the challenge of committing to give above and beyond what you usually give in order to build 50-plus new church buildings, sports facilities, and meeting spaces all over the world. The M1 Capital Campaign was a huge success because of your generosity. We were able to build 55 churches, eight sports facilities, and seven meeting spaces. Overall, we raised $2,598,000 for the M1 Capital Campaign. Here at Sagebrush, we exist to know Christ and to make Christ known. And baptism is an amazing way to share your love for Jesus with the world. And we had the honor of baptizing 1,184 people. Kids Planet had a great year. Kids got to learn about Jesus in so many different ways through in-person interactive teaching and the Kids Planet online experience videos. We saw 1,642 kids during services every week. Remix serves your 6th through 12th grade students through age-appropriate services and small groups. We saw 736 students come through Remix each week, with 216 of them in 22 small groups. X Camp and Rally are our summertime events for kids and teens. We love that over a few days, we get to kick it into high gear and spend some time worshiping Jesus, learning valuable lessons through the Bible, spend time in breakout groups and in prayer, and then have fun with water slides, games, and hanging out. Belize got to put on its own X Camp for younger kids, and Farmington and Riverside were able to have both X Camp and Rally. We saw 1,119 kids at X Camp and 1,200 students at Rally. We've been given the opportunity to spread the gospel far and wide through online streaming of services, as well as on TV. We get to share the good news of Jesus all around New Mexico, El Paso, and even in Belize on TV every weekend. Small groups are how we can easily make a big church feel small. In small groups, we hang out, get to know one another, go over the weekend message, and pray together. In 2022, we had a total of 4,333 people in 491 small groups all throughout our Sagebrush community. Community Connect impacts our local community by providing food, clothing, and personal hygiene items to those in need. Volunteers come in weekly to sort items and then give them out throughout the year. In 2022, we were able to aid 4,286 people through Community Connect. The jail and prison team spends their weeks traveling to various facilities and detention centers to help facilitate services and help inmates with next steps when they're released. On average, we've seen 133 people each week and been able to share with them Jesus' love in some of the darkest times of their lives. All throughout the year, because of your willingness to serve, our pit stop ministry in Albuquerque, Santa Fe, and Farmington, New Mexico have been able to help the elderly and single moms with basic car repair by changing oil, brake maintenance, belt replacement, and more. We were able to assist 579 families in need through Pit Stop. Sagebrush partnered with Feed My Starving Children to help pack meals for hungry kids all around the world. In total, 274,160 meals were packed for children. 
It is incredibly important that as individuals, we take our knowledge of the Bible to the next level. That's why we felt it was important to offer resources to do so. SALT stands for the Sagebrush Academy of Leader Training Program. We aim to equip the next generation of leaders to advance the mission of knowing Christ and making Christ known. And 2022 was huge. We launched eight SALT courses in person and online and got to see 516 people go through each course. Every year at Sagebrush, we have a few special events for all to enjoy. Stages of the Cross, The Auto Show, Spooktacular, and Christmas Tree Lighting were all a great success. And 100% of ticket sales from Spooktacular were donated to UNM's Carrie Tingley Hospital. It takes a lot of help and hard work for Sagebrush to run as smoothly as it does. There are many different ways to serve at Sagebrush. Setting up and tearing down services, the parking team, Pit Stop, Kids Planet, the special event team, the production team, guest services, and so much more. This isn't possible without help from our VIP team members. In 2022 alone, we've had 1,825 total team members helping to ensure the Word of God is spread far and wide. Thank you to every single one of you who has prayed for, served with, and by giving of your time and finances towards the mission that God has called each and every one of us to here at Sagebrush. God has big things in store for us in 2023. We know the best is yet to come. Isn't it amazing to see all that God has done in only one year? Now let's get into some of our favorite messages from 2022. How many opportunities do you have to serve and, and, and we don't do it? I mean, we, we see a need and we know we could meet the need and then we say, oh, I'm so busy and I really don't want to. Uh, we find an excuse and we reason out of it. Even in our church, one of the things that's been interesting since the pandemic, you know, is that we haven't been able to get a lot of people back to serving again. Isn't that weird? They'll come to church, as you can see, but to really dive in and to be the hands and feet of Jesus in their own church, can't get it done. They see the need, they just look for somebody else to do what needs to be done. How many times have you done this at your home? The people that you say you love the most on the face of the earth are the people sometimes we have the hardest and most difficult time serving, don't we? The other day, I was eating a delicious piece of chocolate cake. Cake's a good time. You know that, right? <laughs> so I'm there sitting there, and I'm just enjoying a piece of chocolate cake. It's the last piece, and I even announced to my family, I said, does anybody want the last piece of chocolate cake? <laughs> and they all said, no, no, no. They all stood down, you know. I was like, that's good. It's good. It's good. It's good. It's good. So I'm sitting there not eating the last piece of chocolate cake, right? I'm getting to the very end, and you know where the end of a piece of chocolate cake is, right? It's that corner spot there at the top where, where the top of all the icing is and the side of all the icing is. That, that is the finale right there. That piece, whoo, it's like the finale of a fireworks. It's just, God is good, right? I mean, you got double chocolate frosting on that one, you know. So I'm sitting there, and I mean this dry cake, and I'm like, I shouldn't even be eating this thing, to be honest with you. It's not that good, but that piece, I can't wait for that piece, because it's going to be good. And my wife says to me, you going to eat all that cake? I said, well, that was kind of the plan. She said, can I have that last bite? Are you crazy? I didn't say it. I thought it. And before I could say yes or no, she swooped in with a fork, shoved that thing in her mouth. 
Why are you clapping? That was harsh. I'm sitting there like, what just happened? The other day, we went through the drive-thru. I said, what do you, what do you want to eat? She said, I, I'm just going to try to lose a little bit of weight right now. She said, I had small cheeseburger, small cheeseburger. That's all you want, small cheeseburger. You want fries? No, I don't want fries. Can't have fries. I know what's going to happen. My fries are gone. Do you understand that? I order fries. She don't order fries. She's going to be dipping in my fries. I don't want her hands in my fries. So I order her fries. Why'd you order me fries? Well, if you don't want them, I'll take both, okay? Just not very good at this. I'll just be honest with you. I don't like it when you pull in front of me on the street. How do I know it's you? Stupid sagebrush sticker. That's how I know. Some of the worst drivers ever, man. Cut me off more times than I can count, and I've cut you off too, all right? It is what it is. We love Jesus and we're terrible drivers. So put one on your car, would you? Look at what the Bible says here in verse 8. He says, You bring blind animals for sacrifice. Is that not wrong? When you sacrifice crippled or diseased animals, is that not wrong? People weren't wholehearted. People weren't giving their very best to the Lord. They were giving their leftovers. They were, they were giving their crippled. They were giving their blind. They were giving their diseased. And you can sense, can't you, that God seems a little bit upset with this, don't you think? And of course, we can understand why God would feel a little bit upset, can't we? Because we wouldn't want the leftovers either. Let me illustrate my point. I want you to play along with the pastor, whether you're at home or you're in the room. Just play along with me, okay? These are gonna be silly, but just play along. The first thing, I'm gonna give you two choices. You pick which one you would rather have. The first choice is a sandwich that we got out of the dumpster. This is a Dion sandwich. We put it in the dumpster earlier this week. It's, it's not good. It's not, it's not in good shape right now, to be honest. The, the tomato doesn't look delicious anymore. So, so your choice is a half eaten Dion sandwich or a brand new, oh, Dion sandwich. Now, for those of you who don't live around here, Dion is delicious. That's what it means. Dion is delicious. Oh, I'll tell you that right now. So, uh, which would you rather have? How many would like to have the leftover sandwich? If you put your hand up, we're going to have you come up and eat it. Anybody at all? Anybody? Anybody want that? Anyone want salmonella? Anyone want salmonella? Anybody? Okay, nobody's taking that one. And how, many would, how many like Dion's? Just out of curiosity, how many like Dion's? You know how many like? Oh, whole bunch. we love the Dion's. The ranch. Oh, the ranch. The Dion's ranch. That's a good time right there. Just dip it all in ranch. That's kind of obvious, right? We wouldn't take the half-eaten garbage sandwich. We would want the brand new sandwich. Let me give you another one, all right? This is an iPhone. Doesn't look like an iPhone, but it's an iPhone. This is an iPhone 3G. <laughs> Do you remember how excited you were when the iPhone 3G came out? Oh, the iPhone 3G. I got to have me an iPhone 3G. I mean, now we're cooking with kerosene. So I'm gonna give you an option today. You can have an iPhone 3G or you can have an iPhone 13. And I'm gonna give it away today. So how many want the 3G? Anybody want the 3G? Yeah, some of you are nostalgic. I appreciate that. <laughs> you wouldn't use it, but you say, I got the iPhone 3G. That's pretty cool right there, right? How many would like, I'm going to throw it out here in a second. How many want this? Anybody? Here's your chance. You ready? Put your hand up high so I can throw it to somebody who wants it. 
I'm just kidding around. That's a $1,000 phone. We're not throwing that anywhere, I'll tell you what. <laughs> Got to be crazy right now, think of that. It's like iPhone 13, yeah! Which would you choose? Such a strong reaction. It's Dallas Cowboy football helmet. Let me show you this, signed by Troy Aikman. I like Troy Aikman. I like him better now that he's retired, I'll tell you that right now. Guy was awesome, wasn't he, I'll tell you what. So we have the, the Cowboys. Some of you would think we should choose this. It's because you still need Jesus in your life, that's why. I wonder what could be under the other box. This is such a crazy idea. Boom, chakalaka! I don't want to jinx my team, so we're going to talk about it. But it seems kind of obvious to me as to which one, wouldn't it be great if the Cowboys and the Chiefs went to the Super Bowl together? Wouldn't that be a lot of fun? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> we could put it up on the screens and have a super spreader. It'd be awesome, you know? It's just a joke. It's just a joke. I want you to get this. Jesus touched him before he healed him. And he didn't have to do that. All he had to say was, be clean, and he would have been clean. But Jesus touched him in his current condition. Now, we got to ask ourselves a question. How long has it been since he's felt a physical touch? Because no one wants anything to do with him. No one wants him to be around. How long has it been since he's felt the warm embrace of another person who truly loves him and truly cares for him? In this one amazing act of kindness, Jesus enters into his world. And Jesus says, I'm willing to be unclean, to identify with you. I was reading a book by Max Lucado called Cure for the Common Soul. It's a, it's a great book. And in the book, he shares an illustration, a story, true story about what happened in a kindergarten class. Do you remember when you went to kindergarten class? Some of you ate too much paste. You don't remember at all. It's what <laughs> happened to you, right? Kindergarten class had all these cute boards with all these beautiful colors on them. And there was always rules to a kindergarten class. You remember that, right? Like rule number one, follow directions quickly. Rule number two, raise your hand for permission to speak. Rule number three, raise your hand for permission to leave your seat. Rule number four, make smart choices. Those were the rules of the kindergarten class. And if you didn't abide by the rules, well, then your clothespin would move from the happy face to the sad face. Remember that? Some of you lived right here in the sad face, didn't you? That's where, that's where your clothespin just had an indentation. It was there forever. There was a little girl in the kindergarten class. Her name was Mara. And Mara one day had a song that needed to be hummed. It was a song that just needed to come out of her. And so she began to hum the song. But there was a rule in the kindergarten class that you weren't allowed to hum, for it would distract other students from learning at their full capacity. And so the teacher said to Mara, she said, you need to stop humming right now. And Mara apologized and said that she would stop. But 30 seconds later, she began again. It was a song that had to be hummed, I tell you. The teacher got on to Mara a second time, said, you gotta stop humming. I've warned you once, I've warned you, I won't warn you again. 
Well, two, three minutes goes by and Mara forgets about the threat and she begins to hum a third time, ever so quietly, just so she can enjoy the song. But the teacher's quite upset and she said, all right, Mara, I warned you once, I warned you twice. We're moving your name. And they moved it from green to blue. Mara had never been in blue before and she was devastated. And she felt some things that she had never felt before. She felt isolated. She felt like everyone's eyes were on her. She felt very much alone. And she started to cry as a five-year-old would. She was devastated over what would happen to her. Well, she had a friend, his name was Blake, and he sat at the same table that she sat at, and he'd never seen her cry before, and his heart broke when he saw his friend's heart broken. So he moved his chair over to where she was at, and he began to pat her on the back, trying to console her. But no amount of consoling would stop the tears from flowing. He even tried funny faces, but she just continued to cry. So Blake did something that I think was quite heroic. He began to hum. (laughs) And he didn't hum quietly. He hummed loudly for all to hear. And the teacher said, hey, Blake, didn't you just see what happened with Mara? You stop, you're humming right now. He didn't stop for a second. He just kept on humming. Teacher said, fine, Blake. We're gonna move you too. And Blake smiled. And Mara, she stopped crying. Because she wasn't alone anymore. Colorous blue. We've all sinned a blue streak, haven't we? And we felt isolated and we felt alone. We felt ashamed of what we had done. Felt like everybody was staring at us. That everybody was going to judge us and condemn us. But Jesus came into our world, reached into our loneliness, reached into our despair, and brought us hope. But Jesus did more than just take away our loneliness and despair. He he took away our sin, didn't he? The Bible says in 1 Peter 3.18, for Christ also suffered once for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God. Now have with me today a $20 bill. Could anybody use an extra 20? Raise your hand if you could use an extra 20. Maybe I'll give it away to somebody. I'll get extra. Oh, now more hands are up. Oh, he's giving it away. Yeah, gas, you seen gas prices? I could take a 20. That'd give you a quarter tank of gas right there, right? I mean, that's a good time. All right, a bunch of you say, oh yeah, I'll take a 20. Absolutely, you're gonna give me a 20, I'll take a 20. Let me ask you a question. If I, if I do this to the $20 bill, Does anybody still want it? Oh. How about if I throw it down to the ground and I stomp on it? Does anybody still want it? Oh, I'll be doggone. You still want that $20 bill? What if I squish it? I mean, my shoes are filthy. Do you understand what I'm saying? You don't know what I've been... I went to the men's bathroom a little while ago. Anybody still want it? You're sick and wrong. You understand that? Why why do you still want it? Because it's still 20 bucks, right? Isn't that what the world does to us? You get beat up, 
thrown to the ground, stepped on. At the end of the day, you end up very, very dirty, don't you? And you look at yourself and you say, I got no value. I've got no worth. No, you're still made in the image of God. God still has a plan and a purpose for your life. And I don't care how dirty you are. If you'll come to him, he'll wash you as white as snow. The old is gone. The new has come.
was a teenage kid. He was going out with this girl and bought her a dozen roses. First dozen roses he ever bought. First dozen roses she ever got. He put a little card in it. He said, with all my love and most of my allowance. <laughs> when Christy and I were first married, we didn't have a whole lot of money and I did a lot of weddings. And so I saved up money for the weddings. We had a lot of debt, which I should have taken the money for debt probably, but I wanted to do something extravagant for her. This is in the days before kids when you could do something extravagant for your bride. Once you have kids, that's over. Okay, just gonna say that right now. And so I, I had $1,000 and I went out and I bought a whole bunch of gifts that I thought she would really like. And I had it all set up. Uh, took her out to a nice restaurant. She came home, we had cake. It was just the two of us. And she was in the front room and I would go back to the closet where I'd hidden the gifts and I'd bring them out one at a time. She'd open that gift. She'd say, oh, this is so nice. Thank you for my birthday. I said, I got another gift. And I'd go back there. I'd give it. Oh, thanks so much. I got another gift. I'd go back there. Kept doing that over and over again. Got to a point where she said, this is ridiculous. You, 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 you've done too much. And she was right. I had. Why'd I do it? Well, you need to know something about me and Christy. There's nothing I wouldn't do for her. And from time to time, I like to show her in a tangible way how much I love her and how, how thankful I am for her. See, when you have a heart of love for God, it's a get to, it's not a, it's not a have to. So I, the question I gotta ask you is, is why, why do you give? Or maybe a better question is, is why, why don't you? Years ago, my youngest daughter, Cammie, wanted to be a ballerina, uh, est or whatever, and so, uh, she tried out. Here's a picture of her. She was a little acorn. Uh, boy, she thought she was such a big shot, but she was nothing more than a nut, to be honest with you. <laughs> uh, there was a performance at the Rio Rancho Performing Arts Center. We were so excited. And so uh, Christy was behind stage, making sure all the nuts were in place. And I was out you know, waiting for the performance, sat there for three hours waiting for a two-minute twirl. That's what basically I did. I'll never forget it. She came out. And she was looking for me because mom was backstage. She couldn't find me, vast crowd. So I started waving my arms. She saw me, <laughs> big smile on her face. And then she did something I didn't anticipate. She never took her eyes off me. And the music started and it was as if everything else had just disappeared and she danced for her daddy. Who do you dance for? Who are you living for? Who do you love? I have a ring on my finger. I got married almost 30 years ago, and I've had some form of this ring on my finger for all those 30 years. It is a symbol of my commitment to my wife, and I wear it proudly everywhere I go every single day. But let's say I didn't. Let's say on the third day of the honeymoon, because I wouldn't want to spring it on day one, but let's say third day <laughs> of the honeymoon, I say, hey, you know, Christy, we had a wonderful celebration and we're married now and we're committed to each other and we gave these rings as symbols of our commitment. But you know, I'm not really a ring wearer. You know, I kind of get caught in my finger and stuff. And I was just curious, would it be okay if I just didn't wear it? I mean, you know I'm committed to you, but I just don't want everybody else to know it. <laughs> this thing's on my finger, I'll tell you that right now, because you already know what her answer would be, right? Kind of shows a level of commitment. 
So let me see if I got this right. Jesus, I really appreciate the fact that you died for me, that you were beaten so badly you were beyond recognition. I really appreciate the fact that you took all my sin debt and paid it in full by your precious blood. I appreciate the fact that you rose again from the dead. And I appreciate the fact that you're preparing a place for me in heaven. That you're a friend that sticks closer than a brother and that I can count on you for anything. And you're always there. Appreciate all of that. But when it comes to the first thing you asked me to do, to proclaim my love for you, I think I'll take a pass. I think that goes over in heaven about as good as it would go over with my wife. Shows a lack of commitment. Did you know that uh, there are places today where people are getting baptized? I mean, probably hundreds of thousands of people, to be honest with you, all around the world getting baptized. But they're not getting baptized in a safe place like this. My goodness, when we get baptized here, people are cheering. We're singing songs of praise to the Lord. People are cheering. No one's ever been booed during their baptism. Isn't that strange? No one's ever gone, boo! Boo! Why is he getting baptized? That's ridiculous right there. Nobody's waving angry signs. You're still going to hell. You're still going to hell. That doesn't happen, does it? No, well, yay. We're so excited for you. Such a safe place to proclaim your love for Jesus. All these people getting baptized around the world, most of them are getting baptized in places where it's not safe for them. See, they're getting baptized out in public places where there's rivers and streams and lakes and people are coming out who aren't believers in Christ and they're saying, you get baptized, you're no longer my son. You're no longer my daughter. You get baptized, I won't do business with you anymore. My goodness, there are places that if you get baptized and someone finds out about it, you go to jail. In North Korea, they find out you're a Christian, they throw you in a concentration camp. You didn't know those existed, did they? Look it up. Google it. There's satellite images. There's hundreds of them with thousands and thousands of our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ slowly starving to death, working in these concentration camps. And what's their crime? Proclaiming that Jesus is the leader and forgiver of their life. You gotta ask yourself a question. Why would they endure all that? Why would they risk all of that? Well, because to them, Jesus is the treasure. And Jesus means more to them than anything else. And I guess that's the question I gotta ask you. Is he the treasure? And does he mean more to you than anything else? I'm gonna ask you to do something I've never asked you to do before. You're gonna be kind of shocked when you find out that I'm gonna ask you to do it. You ready? I want everyone to pull out your phone. Go ahead, it's okay. I won't, get, I won't yell at you. Go ahead, everybody, play along. Play along with the pastor, would you please? You're like, oh, Mr. Phone, I've missed you. It's been 32 minutes and you're back where you need to be in my hand. You're so addicted, aren't you? Oh, it's nice. Now, if you've been around Sagebrush for a while, if you haven't, the first thing you need to do is download the Sagebrush app. So I'm sure you have that on your phone. So open up the Sagebrush app. We'll see which uh, mobile carrier is the best right now, right? Let's see if T-Mobile opens it faster than, let's say, AT&T or Verizon, all right? Got it opened up? Open up the Sagebrush app. You don't have it on your way home, make sure you download it. Scroll down just a little bit on that front page and find a banner that says decisions and click on that. Just for a second, just click on that. 
Look, there's a place for your name and your address and your phone number. And there's a place to sign up to be baptized. (laughs) Jesus walked 80 miles. You're 80 seconds away from being obedient. So will you hit submit as you submit to him? Is he the treasure? You see, the battle for you and me isn't between Satan's will and God's will, is it? No, the real battle is between God's will and your will. Which one wins today? So here's the question we gotta ask ourselves. What changed for these guys? What moved them from being cowards to being courageous? What moved them from being faithless to being faithful? How is it that these ordinary guys, like you and me, became extraordinary? There's only one reason. They met the resurrected Messiah. See, three days later, a stone was rolled away. And the women were at the tomb, and they ran to the disciples and said, he's risen, just as he said. And the disciples were unsure, faithless as they were. But that night, when they were in the upper room, with the doors locked, Jesus appeared to them. He said, peace be with you. And boy, they celebrated. They were so excited. And they walked with Jesus. They talked with Jesus. They held Jesus. They knew he had conquered death and the grave. All of them did, except for Thomas, who wasn't there. And a week later, Jesus appears again to the disciples, and Thomas is there this time. And he says, come here, Thomas. Put your hands in my, in my wounds. Put your fist in my side. Stop doubting and believe. And they did believe. And when Jesus ascended to the right hand of the Father, they took the message of Jesus to the outer ends of the world. Here's the question. Where did they go? What did they do And maybe more importantly, how did they die? Take a look at this. 33 AD, the resurrected Jesus with all authority in heaven commands the 11 disciples to the ends of the earth. The disciples and the early church leaders take on the great commission to the end of their lives. 34 AD, Stephen becomes the first martyr stoned to death in Jerusalem. 44 AD, James is beheaded in Judea. Later in Ethiopia, Matthew is killed by sword. 61 AD, Barnabas is stoned in Salonika. 63 AD in Jerusalem, James, son of Alphaeus, was thrown from the temple, stoned, and then clubbed. 64 AD, Simon Peter was crucified upside down in Rome. 65 AD in Beirut, Simon the Zealot and Thaddeus were hacked to death. Nathaniel is skinned alive and beheaded in Armenia. 67 AD, Paul is beheaded in Rome. 68 AD in Alexandria, Mark is dragged through the streets. 69 AD in Patras, Andrew is crucified on an X cross. 78 AD, Thomas is speared in Mylapore. 80 AD, in Jerusalem, Matthias was stoned and beheaded, and Philip is crucified upside down in Acropolis. 84 AD, in Boeotia, Luke is crucified on an olive tree. 
100 AD, finally, John, the last disciple, after surviving boiling oil and being exiled to Patmos, dies of old age in Ephesus. For 70 years, the men who walked with Jesus willingly faced gruesome executions and torture. Not one backed down or walked away from their faith. With the exception of Judas, who went and hung himself after he betrayed Christ, and the exception of John, who lived a, an old life, he died of old age. My goodness, they tried to kill him, though. They threw him in a vat of boiling oil. He wouldn't die. And when he came out of the boiling oil, guess what? He didn't have a scar on him, didn't have a boil on him, didn't have a burn mark on him. They thought, what are we going to do with him? So they took him to the island of Patmos and let him be exiled there. And that's where he had the vision for the book of Revelation. All these men died for the faith. Why'd they do it? Why'd they go from town to town proclaiming that Jesus has risen again from the dead and they were mocked and they were beaten and they were imprisoned and eventually killed for it? Because they knew. They knew that Jesus had conquered death. So guess what? They were no longer afraid of death anymore. So they went all in for the one who went all in for them. I remember that day when I finally walked down that aisle and said, full-time Christian ministry. I asked my mom a few months ago to take a picture of that little church. The auditorium seats less than 200. There's about 10 pews. There's three different sections. About four rows from the backs where I sat. She sent me that picture and it took me back to that day and I knew, I knew I needed to make that decision. Something overtook me. And when we stood to sing, I was the first one down the aisle. I was going all in for the one who went all in for me. And I think there's some of you here today, you're ready for that too. You're ready to go all in for him. Now, you still have questions. You still might have some doubts, but you know enough, don't you? I mean, I still have questions. I still have doubts. There's things that come in my life and in your life that I hear about, and I'm like, I don't understand that. I don't understand why that went the way that it did. But I do know this. I know that Jesus is God's son. And I know that he died on a cross for my sins, and I know that he rose again from the dead. And I know that if I place my faith and trust in him, that one day when I breathe my last breath on this earth, I'll breathe my first breath in heaven. I'm all in for him. And I'm trying my best to live for him. Not perfectly, but I'm trying my best to do whatever he wants me to do whenever he wants me to do it. And I know that's the desire of your heart. And some of you, you've been putting it off and you've been putting it off and you've been coming here. You've been watching from home for a long, long time. And today is the day, friend. Today is the day to go all in for him.